Hello, this is Chris O'Regan, and you're listening to The Sausage Factory. This is episode 285 of The Sausage Factory. Welcome. Thanks for listening. In this episode, I talk to Peter Nip of Walkabout Games about the action-adventure stroke graphic novel game, Liberated. This is actually an excellent game. I really enjoyed it. I played it at an event, again, as I always do, and then I got really into it, and then I managed to get the developers, and here I am talking to them at length about the creation of said game. So let's let's do that. Chris from the past, if you'd be so kind. Peter, who are you? Hi. What do you do? <laughs> That's right. So hi, my name is Peter. I'm from Poland. I'm head of BizDev at Walkabout Games. We have a publisher of a game called Liberated. I hope you played it and you liked it. Uh, what I do during my work is, is three types of thing. Uh, I try to do nice deals with, with the game companies, with hardware manufacturers, and anything uh, anything, anyone who could help to promote the game and make it better. But also I do PR and marketing stuff during the production and sometimes uh, I, I, I advise team what to do better. So my story with games started pretty early because I was, well, I'm, I'm after 40, so I started with pen and paper RPG games. Uh, I, I fell in love with them and then I started to be, during my studies, I started to be an editor of pen and paper role-playing magazine and writing text adventures, uh, writing articles and, and do editorial stuff uh, in the magazine. Uh, then I switched to, uh, to switch to video games. So during my work, I uh, started a video game blog, one of the first in Poland, called polygamy.pl. Uh, it soon became one of the most influential one in Poland. So we did podcasts as you do, we did interviews, we did post reviews, all the, all the stuff that you can read on, on, on gaming blogs. And then after some turmoil with, you know, press going down and tough uh, life choices, I ended up uh, on the other side of the fence in marketing and PR of video games, in book about games. Wow, it's amazing. You're the second guest in a row to answer the second question before I've answered it. How did you make your start? How did you make your start in the video game industry? And you've just answered it. You rattled it off. And what we can do? You know, uh, yeah, go on. In Poland, in Poland, this magazine I told you about uh, yes. called uh, Southern Sorcery Magazine. Uh, many famous Polish developers were around this, and and all the people like in, in the late 30s or 40s started from playing RPG games like Warhammer, uh, D&D, Vampire Masquerade, stuff like that. So okay. the, the, the old guard pretty much knows each other. That's how that's how I was drawn into the games. My friend Jacek Brzezinski, who was at the time. In Metropolis Software, they did the game called Archangel. Uh, he dragged me into his company for a while. Then some of them moved to form CD Project Red uh, or Techland. So that's why uh, the RPG games are really strong in Poland because this hardcore development stuff came from this audience. I must confess, I'm a massive tabletop RPG player now. I'm actually playing three games. Yeah. 
Let's see, D&D... Well, which one? So I've got D&D 5th Edition. That's the first one. Then Fate. Yeah. It's a Fate yeah. game I'm playing. It's, it's, you know Fate. It's, I can't... It's a Fate variant. I don't want to go into details. And the other <laughs> one is I'm about to do is Star Trek Adventures, which is a great, great game. Uh, uses a, a 2D20 system where roll low, rolling ones is good, which is a bit of anathema. But, yeah. So... Uh, <laughs> Having, I'm running, I'm running that game, and I'm I'm playing in the other two, but uh, the best DMs or GMs, as I say, play games. I think because you've got to you've got to be on the other side of the screen. In my humble opinion, yeah. <laughs> you've got to know what it's like to be a player, yeah. <laughs> to be a good dungeon master, stroke games yeah. master. But that's a wonderful sort of history. And uh, do you still play tabletop, or you moved on now to? No, no. Well, I, I, uh, I, that's lost this dream a couple of years ago when it came out to me that gather five people for four hours is like undoable during. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, there are yeah, means. Really hard. To, yeah, it's hard, but there are means and ways to do it. But I completely understand and relate to that. But, but you know what? Because I owe like a lot, a lot to Vampire, to the World of Darkness franchise. I, I buy every game that has the sign on it. Mm, so even I cool. play, yeah, I do. I like. I even bought this like two expensive uh, uh, board games that will come out, and this <laughs> one card game. Oh. Because I because because I started like the first Polish uh, fan society of, of World of Darkness, and that's how this magazine I was told you about, I was telling you about, uh, caught up with me. So I started to do uh, vampire stuff for them, and that's how I went into Sword and Sorcery magazine, and then to game to game writing, and then running this video game blog, and now in video game development and, and, uh, and publishing. So that's why I think I owe I, lo- I owe a lot to this franchise. Yeah, and actually feeding off and saying you know I was commentating on and, and helping and looking at video games object or games generally objectively, and then you find yourself on like you say the other side going. Well, what's it like actually to promote these? And you, 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 they say other side. I shouldn't be. It's part of the same machine. If you yeah, yeah, industry, I know. But but, but, uh, but it's, when it's you perceived were, but, that way. But when you are a journalist, you feel this barrier be, between PR and journalists, right? And yes. So, yes. So, so so the journalists are saying the other side, not, the gamers are, are not. No, absolutely not. And uh, it is all one. Uh, for but for me and. Uh, you know, my, my relationship with PR is, isn't adversarial at all. It doesn't work. Uh, it doesn't, just doesn't work. Uh, and that's how you and I make contact. It's like, oh, clearly Chris has done this before. Uh, so, and, and you must know, right, right now for me, like a PR is like ma- making people know about your game. Yes. I, I used to do like a, a study because I was once hired to do like a lesson for the video game developers as a, as a journalist, how the media sees the games. So I started with like saying there are only two types of games in the world, two genres, maybe, maybe two types of games. So you can you can forget all the like shooters, stuff like that. There are the games you know about and the games you don't know about. And if you know about the game, then you might choose to buy it and even enjoy it. But the first condition is you must know about the game. So from my perspective, like there's a lot of amazing, awesome games about which nobody knows about. And a lot of mediocre games that made its that, that made was made success by the way that someone told you about. So in a sense, uh, PR helps you to broaden your broaden your choice. So you can choose from more of an options. Absolutely, I completely agree. It's so frustrating. Like people should be talking about this game. This is great. Yeah, but I want to play this thing. No, stop. No, it, that, that's a thing. But what about this? This is a mate. You're right. It's um. It is quite can be quite frustrating when you see things launch and and falter because they're put up against something that isn't as um, innovative or as entertaining, but still manages to steal the limelight. It's it's frustrating. But well, launching the game and I, I'm just after the launch. You wouldn't believe how many hours we, it took us to establish the date of the launch. Like when you get to know that this one huge franchise will launch on your date or close to your date, and you yes, have to choose: yeah. Are we moving out of their budget that they will spend on marketing? Uh, I know that the, when, that we were uh, uh, one of the dates. It was uh, earlier, like 26th of, of May, I think. But then Minecraft Minecraft Dungeons happened. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, so like, okay. Okay. Yeah. So probably we should move a little bit farther away from I, this. I and think... really happy with the 2nd of June. But as you can see, mm, yeah, our yeah. game our game is about like civil unrest, like a rebellion. We have this yes. catchy phrase, start a fire, join the revolution. And then there is like this troubling times in the state. Indeed, indeed, yes. Yeah. So like imagine getting uh, when you when you talk with Nintendo and you have everything settled and you get this email like guys we're really sorry but we are shutting down the communications on your launch date. Oh. And this happened to us like uh, yeah. we were talking to them that things are not looking good in the states mm. so we should change our messaging uh, so we removed all the phrases uh, like set, uh, telling you to join the revolution to 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 do other stuff like this. Uh, and this was really fine and understandable, but then this cease of communications happened during the, the launch date, and yes, we are in the situation right now. Uh, well, at the time of recording, hopefully by the time you, everyone's listened to this, things have uh, yeah, settled, yeah, settled yeah. down. I'm not saying yeah. not saying settled down and not changed because they have to, uh, but uh, yeah. things they have settled to down. Change. Yeah, they have to. They have to. They need to. They need to uh, change. Yeah. And, and and even right now we have some pretty exciting announcements. We know there will be like at least five streams on the sixth of June. Mm. We don't know what will happen with them, right? No, no. I appreciate that. Uh, and imagine all the effort that was put into making these streams happen. We have like this future games show, Guerrilla Collective show, uh, uh, Paradox show, stuff like that. Okay. Uh, and they are all now discussing. Are, are we? Are we, Should we? Should we? do it is it is it like uh, okay because the discussion that i'm hearing is like okay so so we know that the times are difficult and, and we are navigating of a minefield but from the other hand we've got teams of people who work really really hard to, to make this thing happen and and some of them are from this uh, uh from uh from this uh, uh societies that are being oppressed and and what to do with them right mm -hmm. yeah so yeah. It's, it's really difficult situations in terms of in terms of the hard decisions that need to be taken, right now we don't know if these things will happen. Indeed, and it's like indeed. in two days, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, there's, there's lots of different sort of uh, positions to take on that. And it's a very interesting, interesting discussion to have, really. Probably like not for, for this uh, show, we but really, to say, yeah, go on. Right, Sorry. for us, because we are Central Europe, right? So Yeah, yeah. It's even more difficult because we are not there. Uh, we live in the different surroundings and probably a little bit different organized countries. So mm. my personal view is like we need, we just need to be stay silent and watch uh, because yes. for us like it's even harder. Like like you can do you remember like this 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 big discussion about The Witcher Three and the lack of people of color as playable characters? Yes. Yes. There's one Czech game that did the same, and and from our like perspective, it's like our heritage, it's our books, and we didn't have people of color during these times in our part of the world. So, no, no. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, and it's not like <laughs> this, we are doing this intentionally, but but this this is our part of our history and 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 upbringing. So, yeah. um, so we need to be even more extra careful about the choosing of words, messages, and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, the next question is related to what we've just been having a discussion about, because I know you are a publishing arm, and this is a very relevant question to a publisher, actually, because you have a different set of rules and requirements, but you have a curation, curation process where you actually select the games that you think worthy of people's attention, like, hey, we can actually pop in and step in and help you out and release the game in a controlled and, and, and a manner that so you don't have to worry about all the other side and just get the game made. I say just, it's a big ask. But actually, all the other stuff, you don't have to worry about that. We can take that off your shoulders. But what do you think is Walkabout Games is, and indeed your own, what do you think is the thing that influences you the most in your endeavour? As a publisher? Uh, you know, we, we we did like two games right now. Uh, each of them was kind of a new genre and difficult to, to market. One of them was Wanderlust Travel Stories. So if you know, we are living in the age that reading is not much popular. And we did a game which is kind of interactive travelogue. 300,000 words <laughs> in yeah. it. Uh, 
but having said that, we think this game stands out uh, and touches on new things and new territories. Like uh, we, when we started to research about this game, we know that there are literally like no game about traveling. No game can capture the feeling of modern travel. You've got 80 days, of course. You've got backpackers, stuff like that. But, but many people travel, and we wanted to do something to, to give you this feeling when you go to the distant country, learn about culture. Sometimes, and not like adventure theme park, but more like some unpleasant truths about this paradises that you visit as a tourist. And even then, like, we did all of the stories from the European people point of view, because we are Europeans and we are really afraid not to be a fake. So, so it was like our strong decision to make, so, so we won't... We won't tell you that that we can write stories from different perspectives. Maybe with the second part, we will try to do it this way with other uh, collaborants, right? Collaborators, sorry. Uh, uh, so yeah. So and with Liberated, we also mixed two genres, two two mediums. We mixed comic books uh, and video games. So I think with Walk About Games, we are trying to find new new stuff to do. The stuff that wasn't explored or even touched by other publishers. We'll see, of course, how this goes because we have uh, we have to earn money and from this money to invest to other games. But I think it's our thing right now is to do the stuff that that is new. Brilliant! Just new. That's that's a wonderful response. Does the what drives you more is just like well, let's just find the new if we can find it, and if it's good. Because sometimes the new isn't necessarily good. It's like, or popular. Yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a reason people don't do that. Oh, right, okay, let's not do that. Uh, but when you do find that, and I think you've done it with Liberated, I think I know you have, um, that's, that what, what other, what a laudable thing to go for is to, the quest for the new from which you can learn and others can learn and be inspired by. So. Well, the tough, the tough thing of, it, of doing new stuff is nobody can teach you to do that or, nope. It's really hard to, to follow somebody's example. So like we've liberated, we've got, have you seen our reviews? They are really, really mixed. We've got a couple of nines, even right. some threes, four. So, right. so, so, so we know the game is, is, is so new, but it's difficult to, to review for people. Because yeah. the stuff that someone doesn't like turns out to be like the strongest fit of our game. <laughs> Like really, we are reading these reviews and say, okay, so 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 let's let let let's read into the reviews and see what we did right and what we did wrong, and right now we are confused because <laughs> we cannot yeah. say. We don't know because everyone has their own, yeah. and I'll, we'll definitely delve into that in the second half. I really want to. I desperately want to, but we, we gotta because we got the fourth, the dreaded fourth question that regular listeners will know. Right? You, you, prepare yourself, Peter, because this okay. one, this one, this one has some guests going. What? It's not offensive. It's just a bit difficult to answer. Okay. Um, so here we go. I'm going to, I'm going to say it very slowly because sometimes I rattle it off a bit too quick. What developer do you most admire in the industry and why? I, it's, uh, you know what? That is so funny because I asked this question to Shrey Yoshida when I was a journalist. Ah. <laughs> and, he, and do you know who, who he picked? Go on. Uh, he said, of course, that all of the studios are his children because then he oh, was the head of us. But he said one name, Naughty Dog. <gasps> Naughty Dog. Yes. And I think I'll go with Naughty Dog also because when I play their games, I feel like I'm a part of adventure. I, I love their games. Like I, I, I know the Uncharted series make me feel like I'm in. There's this promise of being in a movie, which is in the video games for a long, long time. Like if you if you follow the live in the, the ads of a, of a PlayStation, the, the each game was to be like you were in the Toy Story movie, right? Yeah, that's right. I yeah, remember so, PlayStation yeah. Two. I was there. Everyone's getting excited. Oh, it's gonna be like like Toy Story. It, yeah, it wasn't. So, <laughs> and Uncharted made me feel like in, being in Indiana Jones movie. So I, I think I'm I'm waiting for the games the most. Right, that's a fantastic answer, and yeah. They they did do the Last of Us, didn't they? Forgive me. They really yes. did. Yes. <laughs> so I get confused between them and the other mob. But yeah, there. I'm looking forward to Last of Us. I mean, it's going to be a bit violent. We all know that. But uh, for me, it's a bit hard also. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a, it's, I, but Uncharted, I, 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 I love Uncharted. Yeah. 
Yeah, I've played them up to three. I never got to four. I need to finish. You, you should definitely should. Awesome game. Also, because you can see like how they change the narration. Like mm. you, you, when you're getting older, also the characters are getting older. <gasps> no. Of yeah, course. like of course they are. So, yeah. so as you can, and also you can see this movement in the industry when designers are getting older and having kids. Right now, then the, the characters are starting to have kids, like with uh, Quantic Dream, the Jason situation in, in Heavy Rain. Remember? Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, all, and, yeah. and then after the Last of Us, then you have you started to have a kid, and then in Uncharted, you're starting to go for your retirement. Yeah, Sully. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so you can see. The designers are getting older, so they have a different themes to, to show you yeah. during the games, and the themes are relevant to the older players. Yeah. yeah oh, got... I'm sorry. And another one, I can tell you another oh. one is yeah. CD Projekt Red with The Witcher, because yes. The Witcher 3, when I was a journalist, I also I used to write the narrative is good as for the game. <gasps> and with right. The Witcher 3, you can say the narrative is good, and you can lose the as for the game. There's no shame in video game stories after Witcher 3. Right, right. Because because yeah. because up to then, I think up to up to then, like it was we are playing this game, like, come on, like really, the shooting was fine, or, or driving, or platforming, and or jumping right. for a bit. But but the story was like ah, as for a game, it was good, but it wouldn't, yeah. it would it wouldn't defend itself. And after the Witcher 3, you know, the Red Baron quest is amazing. Right, right. Cool. Yeah, yes. I must confess I've only played and finished the first and got halfway through the second. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I finished the first. There you go. There you go. That, that, that's a weird game. Anyway. Yeah, but it was the first game of a, one of the first big studios in Poland, so they are all, we're all learning how to yeah. make videos. Yeah, some of the combat in that is, was <laughs> bonkers. But uh, anyway. But no, great answers. And, uh, you know, it's uh, got a lot to thank for both studios because they've made some extraordinary things and continue to make extraordinary things, of course. Yeah. So the last question, got to ask this because we're on a podcast about video games, so therefore I've got to ask it. It is, what are you playing right now? Right now I'm playing Reviews of Liberated. <laughs> I've got a caveat. Other than the <laughs> game you're working on. Yeah, I know. Uh, so I hadn't had a chance to play in three weeks. <laughs> mm, uh, but but I bought I bought and I fell in love in Streets of Rage Four. Okay, right. Because this, this is the game from my youth when I was playing in arcades. This was my right. favorite type of video game. So when I saw Streets of Rage Four, I said I feel young again. So I played the demo on the packs, the last packs the, <laughs> this year. Yeah. Fell in love. Did uh, by day one and try to play it with my son. Uh, unfortunately, my son is not as good, so I need to train him to be better <laughs> and to drag oh, me along. That won't, that won't last. Give it, give it a few <laughs> years and he'll be demolishing you and yeah, you'll but, be weeping. But, uh... Yeah, I know that, but but, uh, but and he forced me to play Fortnite, which I'm really suck. <laughs> but, uh, and, and, but I need to play because he's telling me constantly about new seeds that are in there, new weapons, new skins so I need to follow up what he's doing <laughs> yes, yes you should yeah, That's but a tricky one. I have yeah. Death Stranding bot and waiting for me hmm. uh, uh, yeah, because I really want to try this thing because I was really tired with Metal Gear Solid right. I was tired, really tired after the 4 4, yeah, for, most yeah. people were, yeah because I didn't understand the story, and I even go to game trailers to watch the summary of the story, and I didn't understand that. <laughs> but okay, I think it's too confusing for me, yeah. and I know who is who and who is the I clone. I remember and... Metal Gear, the original Metal Gear Solid, not Metal yeah. Gear, sorry, because that's on that's on the MSX, that's yeah. way back. Yeah. Yeah. Metal yeah. Gear Solid, sorry, on the P- uh, PlayStation One and PC. Um, yeah. That was that was hard to follow as well. That yeah. got really that got really weird. People, but. Yeah. But I still remember the design of Metal Gear Solid 2, if you remember PlayStation 2. Yes. When you had this, this was like the, the most weird, for me, the design choices ever, but I loved it. Mm. Like when you have a small test about the knowledge of, about the Metal Gear, and if, if you didn't pass, you were cut off like from one third of the game. Because wow. you weren't allowed to play the Raiden story. That's right. Well, the, sorry, uh, the, the Snake story. That's Jump right, into yeah. the Raiden. And, and then, even then, when I was a, a game master from Vampire, 
the one more experienced game master told me, if you really, really love a character or a species or, or, or someone in the role-playing game, never ever let players play them. They should be always be and non-player characters. And what Kojima did with, with Snake was amazing. Like you played this Raiden Kai, you and did, there's yeah. this hero legend. You see how Snake did everything effortless. He was a really, really like and an, an this action hero that you wanted to be, and mm-hmm. you sucked as Raiden. And uh, and in other games, when you play this amazing character who can do everything, but in in the cutscenes, and when you got to play and you cannot, <laughs> yeah. So then this dream is gone. But in Metal Gear Solid 2, you've seen the snake as he, who he was in the eyes of Kojima. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But but the, but the thing that you had this test like in the school, and if you didn't pass it, okay, you won't play this. Go there. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's interesting. He did some brave decisions. Yeah, yeah, and I, I adore him for that. And of course, as as a publisher, <laughs> I adore a publisher who allowed him to do it. Yes. And yeah. against him money because because sometimes when you're a publisher, you have like really tough discussions with developers mm. Mm. because they've got their ideas in their heads and they think that people will react this way to their ideas. And then there's like yeah. a reality check with people who invest their own money. Yes. To make this happen, and they want to have a say or have a different opinions. Yeah. So I really adore the publisher of, 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 of I think at that time it was Konami that allowed him to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's got to be said. You know, we're, we can have all sorts of opinions about Konami, but ultimately they did allow Kojima to do his thing. And remember that the companies are just with ideas, and the people who work there change. They quit the jobs. The, yeah, the, the, yeah. Also, you cannot say that Konami is bad as an idea. The people who work at this moment made these oh. decisions because of something. And something, and, yeah. and, sometimes, yeah, and sometimes you don't know the whole story. Of course you don't. Of course you don't. But uh, it, it's just that the, the, does the uh, means justify the ends? That's really what we're getting at. But uh, anyway, on that very strange note, we need to move on. Okay. Because we're now going to move on to the second half of the show, where we delve deep into Liberate. First question is a request. Before we can delve deep into Liberated, we need to know what it is. So please tell us, what is Liberated? Oh, it's a difficult question because we changed narrative a few times. <laughs> uh, yeah, because when you are doing something, I think Liberated, you can you can fairly say it's, it's a really new type of entertainment. Uh, because what we did, we, we, we took two mediums, a comic book and a video game. And mash them together. I know there there were games before that tried to do it, but not in that way. You've got like a games who used comic book as a gameplay mechanics, like in Comic Zone, when the character knew he was in a comic book and used the comic book uh, as a comic book formula to, to, uh, to the, in the gameplay. 
you had like a games based on the comic book characters, of course, and the game who used like this uh, noises that, that that you see in comic books. What we did, you we, we did, uh, uh, um, we wanted to make give you an experience of reading a comic book and being part of it. So a lot of work went into uh, securing this type of experience that you feel like you are reading and collecting the comic book. And sometimes you go into the frame into the panel and, and play a part of it uh, interactively as, as a character. Uh, so this is about the formula. And, and to go even deeper into the design choices, I think uh, the main idea was contrast or conflict. So on the one hand, in the story, you have a first conflict between uh, security uh, uh, and privacy. And it's like a really important struggle right now because the questions we try to ask uh, that we are asking in this game, I think are, are really relevant right now. So the, like, will you install the tracking app that will tell you if you got infected with COVID, right? No, so this I, is the question yeah. right now, but, and this is the struggle between privacy and security because yeah. you, are, you, you are sacrificing your privacy to feel more secure. Yeah. We do so this sense, is the, uh... Well, for 20 years now. Yeah. So, so yeah. this is like the, the first conflict. The second one was in the presentation. So on the one hand, you've got like a static comic book page. On the other hand, you've got like the dynamic 2.0D platforming action shooting game. Right. Yeah. 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 And the third one is visual. It's a black and white design. Definitely. Uh, yeah. it's, so, it's... so, so, and building on that. Uh, the story is about a revolution in the cyberpunk world. So you've got this uh, the, this an unnamed Western city, cyberpunk city, yeah. in, in which government, after some tragedy, is trying to seize the, your privacy to to give you more security. Yeah. And some some group of people opposes opposes it. Uh, they collaborate it and they do everything to make people free again in their minds. But having yes, said that, mind, yeah. Uh, and having said that, in, uh, I told you before that the game is black and white, and this is also a conscious decision, because when we were designing the story, we wanted to show you the, these issues from many perspectives, because we don't tell you what is right and what is wrong. No, it, right? it leaves, and that's, that's really, that's happening a lot, I'm happy to say. A lot of games are now assuming a lot on the part of the player. They assume that they know, they have some intellect, have some intelligence, they're not led by the nose and saying, make of this what you will. We're just presenting you the information. Yeah. You interpret we... it as you see fit. Yeah, and this is the definition of noir, right? So, yeah, yeah. so that's, yeah. that's, that's why that's our, our game reflects the noir movies and noir uh, the criminals that were so then. It's, a, it's an action-adventure game with... With um, ultimately with very strong narrative that is heavily influenced by film noir. Film noir, and of course our reality. Because if you if yes. you take any newspaper right now or any yeah. page with news, the headlines are like the summaries of the science fiction stories of the eighties. Yeah, like malware locked the hotel guests out of the rooms. Come on, it's like the Gibson story. Right. So, so yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, we have this credit score system when we are doing the game that China implemented it. So we said, like, okay, we need to hurry because reality will catch up and we'll do like a retro game and not a cyberpunk game. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and even with the COVID, the, the world even go faster and the change was even more imminent than, than ever. Yeah. So yeah, like yeah. we switch our life to digital altogether. So we really launched at the last moment to be in the future, on the future side and on the past side. It's very near future. It's a bit like Black Mirror in my view. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Black like, Mirror, of course, yeah, one of the references. It's, like, it's very massive influence on you because you can tell it's set in 2024 in a city yeah. that's never named. And yeah. 2024 isn't very far away. Hate to break it to everyone, so um, you know it's it's like oh yeah it's not it's only four years that's right so it, oh everything is is feasible uh, it's a bit fantastic but uh, ultimately it is very grounded and it's quite important yeah because we didn't uh, I, I used to write even now articles for some media about the future what technology will change with us and I'm afraid to go further than three or five years. Right. Like I know that the changes after three years will be so deep that we won't we won't be able to to see that far in the future. No, 
Who but could imagine that, the, you know, that if, you, if you read any right. cyberpunk or science fiction novel, you can see that apart from, I think, Star Trek, nobody thought about mobile internet. No. Like when you, when you play the cyberpunk 2020, this RPG pen and paper game, yeah. the netrunner to go into the network, you need to go yeah. into the, some, some access point, the plug in his console to, yeah. to, to serve the web. Nobody they thought never, about the, the, the wonders of your mobile phone. They never thought Wi-Fi. What? Yeah. yeah the radio signals. <laughs> Or equivalent. They're not. They're not that. They're this more advanced. Yeah. But yeah. right. So I've got the first design question. So we got the the framework. We got the, you know, we got we know what liberated is now, which is great. Um, to a point. I mean, unless you play it for yourself, then you really know what it is because it's whatever you perceive it to be. As you know what? And, and I strongly yeah. advise people to play it because watching this game is not as much fun and as not much informative as being and as playing it because imagine that you watch someone read a comic book it's not the same experience because you can yeah. you can watch many game on the youtube let's play something like something stuff yeah. like that but with our game because we have this reading the comic book part mm. so imagine you are reading the comic book or you watch someone read a comic book so this is that much of a difference about experiencing liberated speaking of experiencing it I did notice one thing, at least in the parts that I've experienced, because confess I haven't quite finished it, almost there. But um, in, I'm going to talk in abstract terms because I don't want to spoil anything, anything. Because honestly, this is a very narrative-driven game, and the last thing I want to do is spoil anything. So it's going to be very abstract. And you may counter go, actually, Chris, you might find this elsewhere. But in the certainly in the early parts of the game, I've noticed, and the, the characters you play initially is that. There's not a lot of melee combat going on. There's a lot of ranged yeah. combat, but when it comes to melee, that doesn't really happen. Um, I just want to know. I mean, there's some instances where you can leap at someone from the from the hiding and then yeah. Yeah, yeah. and throttle them, and then also, indeed you can defend yourself a little bit when you get discovered, uh, and that's fine. But why is that? What is that? I think I know why. I think I know why. But you, you tell me why is there a, a, a lack of melee combat in in in, uh, in Liberated? We didn't want to catch too many crows because uh, it's really hard, and we've got our time frame and and, and budget stuff like that. So we focus on shooting. Yes. Uh, and I, I think that in comic books, all the noises, the sounds, and the sound effects that you can see on screen are much more pleasant than melee. Mm. And with MIDI, it would like crowd the screen. You wouldn't see a lot. Right, you would. And it's also the, the presentation again does lend itself, but also the, the the story and the narrative and how the characters are interacting with the world doesn't really. They're not the kind of get involved with a you know a punch up. It just doesn't work. This isn't Batman for pity's sake. This game isn't about that. You know, it's really about um, stealth a lot. Stealth is huge in in this game. Uh, and uh, you know you, you you quickly become overwhelmed, uh, whereas you know the gun combat, which we're now going to talk about, because I want to talk about how this has developed because it's it's interesting. First of all, you the character doesn't come to a complete standstill when it's not it's not like you know Resident Evil where you can't move while shooting. Um, you can move, but it's much slower because you're aiming. Yeah. Uh, but I want you to talk about. How that was developed, because you are certainly on the on the Switch is the platform I played it on. You actually, because I was using the Pro Controller, and I found myself, um, you know, swinging around. And the, those Sentinels or the, the Seekers, oh, they're very well done because the, the, you think you got them, and then they 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 speed out the way. Like, oh no, damn it! <laughs> and, uh, the amount of times I find myself spamming the and also the you don't have a steady aim at all times, so when no, you, you shoot, you, your aim changes. So indeed, yeah. It's wonderful. So could you talk to me a bit about how that was developed and how you replicated both recoil and and, and, and also aiming on a 2D plane? Could you talk us through that, please? Well, I think it's a lot of a, of a development team, of a publishing team. I'm sorry. Indeed, yeah, but you can talk about it objectively and how it evolved and how oh, yeah, we, uh, it. So, so the, the game was made for around two and a half years. The first, the first year was to to design the formula. I'm, had, um, I'm moving around the subject a little bit more to to explain it to you that we had like a th this is a third version of the game. So we scrapped the two previous versions just to make this happen. Right. And 
Then we focus on the elements that we think fits and worked within this comic book formula. Then that's why we, we focus on shooting, not, not melee combat. Uh, we also, after some playthroughs, added different weapons to, to, to make player like feel that the game is not so repetitive, that, that things change during the progression of the game. And with no HUD of the game, there is not a lot that you can change during the gameplay that, that, that you can that you feel differently, right? Yes, yes, yes. So that's why we added shotgun and different weapons later on, or, or this like... Yeah. Uh, yes, yeah, so, so so first of all, you wanted the combat to be beautiful. And if you see all this headshot stuff that happens, you want it to feel like like it's nice to watch you shoot. Yeah. Like in the comic book, the, the shooting is kind of boring on static, Im- static images. Yes. Yeah, but all this, uh, this, this sound effects that appear makes it fun. So for us, it was like, it must look stunning. And I think we did the job right in here. Yeah, I think it's really... And, uh... I love the fact that enemies come at you from behind because how many times have we gone through a 2D platform action game and everything to the left of you is dealt with? You don't have to worry about yeah. it. It's, you forget about it. It's okay. Not with Liberated. Whoa, no. You think and there is this elevation, elevation level that everybody yes. curses right now. Exactly. But you know what? When, yeah. when when some tester wasn't able to do it, he came to me and I passed it on the third attempt. So, yay for yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's really, I, I think it's just, you have to be methodical about it and like, well, yeah. I've gone into this area and that's fine, but I've got to look behind me because there could be someone coming in and the amount of times initially I got caught out. And this happened when I played the demo at the PAX East, by the way, not when I'm playing it now. I knew about it. I was prepared. It's like I knew that when you enter a room, look behind you. Don't think you've cleared the last area or this is now what you've got. No, no, no. Look behind you. And all and and the uh, it's just uh, well, there's a question later on about puzzles. I'm going to talk about later. So next question. Yeah. We've spoken about it often, but I want to talk about this. The presentation. There's more. There's one more thing I want to talk about. Aspect that I don't think we've covered at all. The the graphic it's a graphic novel, everyone. Basically, you're playing a graphic novel and hand drawn graphic novel. A hand drawn, so, yes. So that's why we don't have like a huge story branches. No, because uh, you know when you design and make a game, like branching uh, branching the story costs money. When you have to do like not generate from the computer, but either do voice acting or hand drawn. Yeah. So in our case, everything was drawn by now by our artists. So of course we've got some some small branches uh, branching of a story to make to make the game more replayable, mm. uh, and that's why you sometimes skip the part of the story or go to a different route to, to to the same path, but the story is linear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I found that again. I'm not going to say anything, said a word, but uh, I found that really wonderful. Was just that I found the use of panels. Is that the right phrase? I believe it is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Within uh, someone, someone saying cells. That's, no, no, that's a, that's a different thing. I know, I know. Uh, the English word is panel or frames. Yeah, yeah, yeah or frames. Yeah. So each and each panel, sometimes not every all panels, but most of the time, the player will have an interaction with, will play through a scene that is essentially one or maybe many panels or very very long panel, and they'll they'll play through that scene. And, but um, but when you change the level, like go down or up, the frame changes with you. Yes, it does. Yeah. So even then, we try to, to to show you that you are in the comic book, and sometimes the frames are designed like you can see the static static frames around you, around the playing frame, so you know that it's still a comic book page. And to that end, do you find that it's one of the reasons I love playing through Liberated is that, and one of the reasons I like graphic novels is that um, you kind of know what's coming. But you're not entirely sure. And one of the reasons that drove me on to play Liberated, both at the demo at PAX East and now, is I want to know what the next panel is. And I just want to ask, was that original intention? Was that accident by design? Or was this entirely by design to ensure that the player is still engaged and they have a goal? And that goal is to read the next panel. I, I think that the part of reading, when you read the comic book, you, you, your eye catches all the page, right? So you know. Right. Yes. Yeah. So we try to capture the feeling also. 
I, I know that when I ask, because journalists all, all, always ask you what was the most difficult thing to do, it's like a common question. So I ask the dev team about it and they say, like, you wouldn't imagine how many cameras on are on this page to make you feel like you are looking at the comic book page. Right. <laughs> the, one yeah. of the most difficult tasks was was not the designing the gameplay part, but the looking at the comic book page part. <laughs> Yeah, and difficult is a relative term, uh, and I think the, the, the well, difficult design, like design like in the design. I think it's like about yeah. five cameras on there. Right, but like I said, my question really is not is um, was the, the 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 layout of was the creation of the 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 panels and the layout was it driven by the fact that it, it or guided by the fact that the player would then be encouraged and drive on to the next panel because that's what's encouraging them to continue to play if you get my meaning yeah yeah yeah, yes because you always want because it's a story driven game so you want to know what happened next back to the story so of course we, we feed you the parts of information and the art to, to, to go to to make you go forward and that was the original intention was it yeah. for it was always that was the that was the intention the way the reason you went down this presentation method yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you could have done all sorts of different ways. You could have just had it at a more traditional action adventure that went from left to right, start to finish. You could have done that. You could have. Yeah, but 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 still, like if you if you look back at the game I mentioned, like Uncharted. Yes. You mixed the small gameplay parts with the small casting parts, so you feel like you, the, the, the things are constantly changing and moving you forward. Yeah. And because here, it, 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 yeah. yeah, with Liberated, you feel like you're in a comic book. Or oh, sorry, correction. Visual novel, because that's what it is. Oh, graphic novel. Graphic novel, yes, yes, graphic So, novel, so, yes, uh, but, but, but I might be, must, must be honest, like, for me, this differentiation is, like, I don't really get it what is comic book and what is graphic novel, maybe because I'm published <laughs> uh, not from uh, Western. I think one has spandex in it, the other one doesn't. I don't know. Yeah. Let's go with that. <laughs> so, so if, I, if I say comic yeah. book instead of graphic novel or other way around, sorry for that. It's my yeah, life. I know. It's okay. <laughs> These things happen. Last question. I know, all good things must come to an end, but here we are. How have you found communicating to the player uh, that they can interact with elements and items in the panels in order for them to solve puzzles in Liberated? What have you, what design decisions, what do you, do you remember as it's been evolving? Because you've been looking at objectively as a publisher. You've obviously seen many iterations of, the, of Liberated. Yeah. What, what was the thing? What, how did you manage to find that camera focus when you know when you're turning that bloody camera focus over and over, trying to get it right? What <laughs> was the thing? What, what what made it work? Do you realise that ah, uh, this is what we need to do to be subtle, whilst not you know beating the beating the player over the head with like this is what you're supposed to do. What? How have you found communicating to the player subtly what they should be doing in the puzzles that are in Liberated? You mean environmental puzzles or correct environmental puzzles? Not not the 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 code breaking is fine and beautiful. But I can tell you one funny story about the code breaking. Yes, go on. So this code is generated automatically by the game. Right. So like one presentation, there is this one puzzle when you must enter with the numbers. Yes, yes. So yes. the number generated was one, two, three, four, five. <laughs> <laughs> and the journalist like, looked at me and said, like, dude, it's a game about hackers, cyberpunk, and this is the code, you must be kidding me. And I said, like, no, it was generated, and he wouldn't believe me. That's random. No, I, yeah. when I played it, I had 8064, so, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I have a memory for numbers, don't, don't I, ask, I think, but yeah. I think as a designers, you must assume that people who who are taking this this indie games, less popular games, not big budget games, you must assume some part that the player knows what he's getting at and he has some experience. And we live in the world when the video games like 70 years old, 80 years old. So most of the people are 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 used to environmental puzzles. They they instantly get them. And if they don't, you can see them all around you, even in movies who took a lot from game design. I think my like revelation that this looked like a game was from Star Wars Episode 2, the factory scene, when you see the platforming action like taken from the video game. So I think the game language become like the universal language of puzzles. So, so I think you assume that the player is getting it. Of course, 
you may increase the difficulty by uh, hiding stuff from him or making it less obvious. But I think the liberated our puzzles are like fairly normal. They are not too hard to crack. No. So no. when you see a handle somewhere, yeah, you know there must be something done to make this to to to, to push this handle. And yeah. you just and then you search the things. If the handle is is in the higher level, you must find a box or something to pull it there, right? So, Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So, so I, I, I think that is a fairly normal design decision, uh, and we just assume that the player played some games before, uh, and, and I think that's the answer. Like, yeah, I, no, I, I mean, I, 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 I don't, I don't remember like any, po- I, I, and there are some tricks like to to get people attention to to, to some yeah. to, 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 like it's, lighting. It's, there's lighting. There's lighting. There's yeah, light maybe, or maybe glowing light that looks like it's part of the scenery. Yes. Yeah, so, so you just need to focus the player's attention in the spot and, and hopes that he'll get it. And like when I see like even my son playing games, I don't need to explain to him like anything. No. No. And you and, and and you must take into consideration that you are we are living in the world of Minecraft, so people are used uh, are used to build this stuff. Yeah. In Minecraft, you you build these puzzles yourself. My son is building like I don't know electric switch switches of a light in his house or, or stuff like that. So so, <laughs> so 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 I think it's basic like like a basic knowledge right now. So yeah. uh, you just you just need to point attention to people that okay, this is the thing you must do, and probably this is the stuff you must do it with, and and yep. they'll figure. The rest out. They'll, they'll figure the rest out. You're right. Yeah, and the, and, and and you know that the, the intelligence of the humankind is growing constantly because we can experience so many stuff and gain so much knowledge from the internet and, and technology. So so I think uh, uh, this wasn't as tough as other stuff that we had to do. I, I, I need to comment like making this work with no outside help, like how to do a comic book that is a game at one time of a game that is a comic book was a really much more difficult task than designing an element of this combination altogether. Nice. Okay. And and, 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 and read the reviews that are really, really all over the scale. So I that, know. Yeah. That, that means that that this game I, the controversial is the wrong word. Mm. But it's it's we did things right because people are not like this is not a mediocre game. This is not a bad game. Some people love it, some people hate it, so so there's a lot of emotion going into this game. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think uh, if you create something, you want people to feel emotion towards the, the, your creation, mm-hmm. and I think we achieve it. Of course, there are some things with performance, and if you do games on Switch with Unity, you know it's not that easy to do a good Unity, Switch, uh, Unity game on Switch, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, so... So there are the things that for sure we can improve, but the main goal of making this new type of media, I think the playable graphic novel that, that we came up with this term is, is a nice one. Making this work was a really difficult task and it caught on. And other thing about reviews is if you see, it's a really funny division between the scores. So yeah. which centric media lovers, like nines, eights, sevens, right? Like I think it's five ninths right now, right? Okay, or eights, right? The mainstream media, like Gamespot or other big media, which cover other games, give us a lower scores. But I can imagine a, 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 a reviewer, a journalist who is playing Last of Us Part Two. Yeah, and which came back and, the, and I get to know that my embargo was on the same date and time as Last of Us Two. Yeah. <laughs> So someone just told me, do you know that you are up against this, this game? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know. No. So when you switch no. from playing The Last of Us 2 to Liberated, of course, it's a different type of, type of game. And yeah. the buttons are like like really, really different from these two mm-hmm. games. So so I can imagine that the score will be lower, right? But if you go to a medium which plays the Switch games and can... Uh, and for us, like also the switch is more intimate because you you held this in your hands closer, the screen is closer, so it's kind of like a book or a comic yeah. book. Yeah. So that's why I think the experience is better. So I think that's why this game was really designed with the switch in mind. And I must confess that I did play it on my big screen because I just wanted a larger, epic experience with it. Yeah. I know the the comic book presentation works very well. But but to be honest, I also like the big screen. I would like 65 inches TV in my home. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, but still, the for me is like more personal stuff that you keep close to you. Yeah. 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 Well, liberated. 
by developed by Atomic Wolf and uh, published by Walkabout Games. It's out now on Windows PC and no, 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 just switch, just switch to switch. Sorry, just, so it is coming keep... out on Windows PC, though, isn't it? Yes, actually? yes, yes, yes. Announcements are coming. Keep your eyes out. Oh, but right now we are focusing yeah. on Switch, but okay. you will be happy with the PC version, I can there tell you. Be a P- oh, yes. There will be a PC version, eventually. Apologies. Uh, but, uh, yeah. But, but maybe uh, by the time, when do, are you, by, by the time uh, when you were Arvis, yeah, you will know already about the PC version. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, because we're, we're recording this in the past, everyone. So, uh, anyway, Peter, it's been fantastic having you on. The Thank show. You. It's been really Thank good. You. I hope you enjoyed it. I know I did. Yeah, I really do. <laughs> and um, you're more than welcome to come back and have a just, chat about what other games. Just invite us. We'll be more than happy to talk. Because maybe there will be some new game that we'll announce, yeah. and I'm really excited about it. And I okay. think it will be too. Cool. And again, like I said, we've had a lot of return guests because this show's been around for a long time. But <laughs> again, so if Peter, I can confess, I was running podcasts and I get to 175 editions, so you beat me there. I did, I did. Yeah, but but yeah. back then I was doing this 12 years ago, so now but nobody was listening to podcasts and nobody even knew what podcast is. No, I'm sorry, my is ringing. I just kill it. Um, so so I adore that podcast came back, and I it's a pity that I did it so long no, ago and that nobody right. was interested in podcasts. <laughs> no, not so much now though, but. Thank you very much for being on the show. Yeah. And, but uh, yeah. there, there told me that would be one tough question, and there wasn't. Oh, good, good. But uh, as long as it's actually interesting and illuminating. But again, thanks very much. Thank you. You have been listening to the Sausage Factory podcast, part of the Canaan Rinse Collective. Support us for just two US dollars per month at patreon.com forward slash Rinse for early, extended and exclusive podcasts. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, YouTube and at our website, canarince.com. <laughs>